Good morning and welcome to Sharper Iron. Spend the next hour with us studying the living and active Word of God, His two-edged sword of law and gospel, recorded for you in Holy Scripture, all about Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and ascended for you. Thanks for tuning in this morning here on Worldwide KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. I'm your host, Pastor Timothy Apple of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas. Sharper Iron is underwritten by the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, where your investments help support the work of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Visit lcef.org for more information. On this Thursday, October 17th, we are looking at Amos chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. This sheep herder from Tekoa, the prophet called by the Lord, he continues to speak the Lord's word against foreign nations who surround Judah and Israel. Today's text is the third in the series of eight, and it is a judgment against the city of Tyre. To help us sharpen our faith in Christ as we study God's Word today, we have with us regular guest, Pastor David Appold. Pastor Appold serves at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Paducah, Kentucky. Pastor Appold, welcome back to Sharper Iron. Hi, thanks for having me back on. So, Pastor Appold, we are talking about the city of Tyre today. Give us just some basic background, geography, history, What what is sure. Tyre, where is it? Just get us started in that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tyre is is a city, um, it, you know, very specifically, it's a city that is um, to the north of Israel. So if our listeners have kind of the Mediterranean Sea uh, in their mind, on the very easternmost edge of the Mediterranean Sea, you've got Israel, right? And um, to the north of Israel, um, to the north and a little bit to the west, Israel is basically coastal, but but not quite. North and west of Israel uh, is where Tyre is, and it's actually the main part of Tyre is actually a um, is an island. It's like a city island, um, so you can think sort of maybe like Manhattan is uh, in New York. It's this little piece of land that's very close to the coast, but is actually in the in the Mediterranean Sea. And um, you know, the, again, I, I suppose I could. Just tell listeners, just Google it, and you'll see it. There's still a, there is a modern-day city of Tyre. It's in uh, the country of Lebanon. If that uh, rings bells for our listeners, good. Um, but if not, just think north and west of Israel. Right, and so and and I think Manhattan is a, a good a good comparison because Manhattan is a pretty important city, even though it's on an mm-hmm. island. And and in a similar way, Tyre is a very important city in the ancient world. What do we what do we know right. about Tyre? Yeah, so Tyre is um I, I think that it would lie within like uh the broader people group of the Phoenicians. Uh the inhabitants of Tyre are part of the Phoenicians. And uh since they're coastal people there on that easternmost part of the um, Mediterranean Sea, and especially Tyre as this um, city that's kind of floating in the water, uh, they become this known as this major port. So geographically, um, this is a place where, um, where ships are going to be coming in and ships are going to be going out, okay? And, uh, and that's important because the, it becomes this concentrated center, excuse me, of wealth, Okay, so um, Tyre is the place for tr- if you if you want to trade with um, Italy, with Greece, if you even want to trade up um, from Egypt all the way up, um, you know, to Assyria, um, further north of Assyria, what's now modern day Turkey, um, the fastest way is going to be by by boat, by ship. And that means passing through Tyre. Um, and so you got to figure every. Every port um, in the sort of known world then would have some connection with Tyre, and it, it becomes known um, biblically. I think what we want to do is kind of explore some of these places that Tyre gets mentioned in the Bible. It's almost always mentioned as this exceedingly wealthy, um, this wealthy, wealthy, wealthy city. Right. So, for example, to, to go to go to one of these places in, in the scriptures, two. Two other prophets deal much more extensively with Tyre than Amos does. Amos gives them two verses here, but in Isaiah chapter twenty-three, we get a, a glimpse of Tyre, and, and this is these are also judgments as well. But we get a, a greater description of what's going on there in Tyre, and then especially in Ezekiel chapter twenty-seven, you get a, a very extended look at the city of Tyre, and just as a the abundance of wealth that's there. Pastor Apple, which one which one do you want to take us to? 
I think I think Ezekiel 27 and 28 are are probably better just because they're more detailed. Um, they're they're similar to what gets mentioned in Isaiah. But um, if you want to see like what uh, what Tyre was known for, uh, if you just flip to Ezekiel 27, you'll have a whole list of what they're known for. And there's two two ways that uh, Ezekiel kind of describes them. One is very poetically, and I'll read just a little bit of this. It's um, it's from Ezekiel 27. Uh, verses three, three, four, and five here. Um, he says, "O Tyre, you have said, I am perfect in beauty. Your borders are in the heart of the seas. Your builders made perfect your beauty. They made all of your planks. So this is picturing the city as if it were a boat. They made all of your planks of fir trees from Sinir. They took a cedar from Lebanon to make a mast for you. Of oaks of Bashan, they made your oars. They made your deck of pines from the coasts of Cyprus inlaid with ivory. And it goes on a little bit there um, to, to just talk about the, to picture the wealth of Tyre as this magnificent boat, um, this magnificent ship, really, that's constructed out of all the finest, finest kind of wood you could find in the world. And even there, you get to mention inlaid with ivory, um, but if you keep going in Ezekiel 27, you get almost like a um, like a log of where Tyre was doing business, who they were trading with, and um, this starts up at about verse verse 10, and it goes almost to the end of of the chapter here. And it just I'm not going to read it, but if if our listeners want to, they, you can look there. Um, it just lists off, you know, you you traded with this country. And you received these goods from that country. You traded with this country, and you received these goods. So you get this um, this great description uh, of all this stuff, all these different materials and goods and and um, riches that are coming in, pouring into Tyre, and then are just being collected there, kind of hoarded up uh, in this island city of Tyre. So yeah, so. Pretty much every country that you can think of and every commodity that you could think of is mentioned there yeah. in Ezekiel 27 as as being a part of Tyre. And so, um, I don't know, maybe what would what would be Manhattan is is in terms of the island is is a good comparison, but but just a city that's full of of wealth. And I mean that that's what we're picturing here. And and yeah. so that's that's the city. That I'm I'm not sure. I don't know. Is there a good modern what what city should we should we compare that to oh. today? No, I, I would I would think Manhattan is probably the best. Pretty good. Uh, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how much you know. Manhattan, New York City, probably influences may have more influence in the world, kind of politically than Tyre did. But economically speaking, I think it fits. I've only been to Manhattan um, a couple of times, but when you go, you know, you can go into um, Chinatown, you can go into the business district, you can go to all these different places. And um, just like you were saying, every kind of good imaginable and every uh, something from kind of every part of the world you can find in Manhattan. Um, mm. That's not really my cup of tea. So I, <laughs> you know, I'm not like itching <laughs> to go to Manhattan, but some people really do enjoy that. Um, and, and you can find anything you want there. And I think Tyre, especially the, this description in Ezekiel 27, that's the picture you get. And mm. um, maybe just a, a, if, you, if you can kind of compare and contrast this with Israel, right, and especially Amos, you know, he's, he's a shepherd, right, of Tekoa. And Israel was very much a, um, you know, a farming nation, right? There, you, we don't have descriptions of Israel being miners you know they're not digging out gold and iron and and they're not they're not working in metal much um the the picture you always get of israel is as a agricultural nation and so and you think about the difference between that and a place like tyre um it i think that helps kind of kind of underline the uh the significance of a city like tyre especially in biblical times where you don't have kind of this world economy it's very, it's much more localized, and so these places, these port cities, um, whether it's it's Tyre or um, I think the Egyptian ports have a little bit of this going on too. They would have been places of immense wealth, and if you're a visitor there and you go in, you would have been overwhelmed by it, um, you know, because if you're coming up from Judah, take even Jerusalem, right? I mean, Jerusalem, kind of the the best city, the biggest city in Israel. 
I, I wonder how much the the marvel of going into Tyre would have been for an inhabitant of Jerusalem. Yeah, I, I think so. So there's a couple of thoughts here, and maybe just to start here to to keep us in in the world of Amos, some of the things that that we need to to keep in mind as we think about where Amos is putting this. So. Amos here, this is the third one that he's got of these of these judgments against foreign nations or foreign cities. And and Tyre then, with this description that we're giving here, would fall under one of those where the people who are listening to Amos at this point, hearing him speak a judgment now against Tyre, they're probably not going to be terribly surprised by this, because it would with all this wealth and, and trading that's going to be happening, there's going to be plenty of dishonesty and 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 those types of things happening. So I, I think when they hear him preach against Tyre, that's not going to be a surprise to most of the people of Israel, right, Pastor Appold? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I think so. I mean, Ezekiel, if you're, if you're thinking of your chronology here, um, Amos is a prophet, uh, how many years before Ezekiel? 150 or so years before Ezekiel? Um, so he's he's pre-Ezekiel, um, but what Ezekiel describes is probably not like a recent phenomenon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think what Ezekiel's describing is Tyre as it's been for a long time, right? Um, you have to go you have to go pretty far back before Amos to get a positive description of Tyre in the Bible, um, and uh, we can talk about that if you'd like. But I think. At the time of Amos writing and preaching, I think that this would have been the generally accepted thing. Tyre is this den of certainly wealth, but what often accompanies wealth is the love of wealth, right? The love of money and um, the pride uh, in its own glory or in its own beauty that goes along with that. Yeah, which and, and we've not gotten there in the book of Amos, of course, but this is going to be one of the things that Amos will address to the people of Israel, is their own love of money and the, the ways that, that that worship of money, you might even say, is leading them to abuse their fellow Israelites. And, and so I, I think that's just something good, at least for me, as, as we go through the book of Amos, I'm going to keep Tyre in the back of my mind as, as an example of, of how the love of money and wealth can lead to to destruction for people. Um, and, and one one more thing, I think, because I, I don't know if you mentioned it or not, maybe you did. How is it, or what's the what's the um, the background of Tyre genealogically? What do we know about that? Sure. Uh, Tyre is often connected with the city of Sidon. Both of these were Phoenician cities, and Sidon is a little bit further north of Tyre, but a similar kind of city, a port city, um, a city of trade and, and probably of, of uh, similar wealth. And the fact that they're often mentioned together um, is instructive, I think, just in terms of when you mention Tyre, you think of Sidon as well, maybe almost like um, St. Paul and Minneapolis, right? Twin cities kind of thing. Um, and we don't have a, a mention of Tyre, at least I didn't find it, um, in like the genealogies. But Sidon is mentioned in the book of Genesis uh, Genesis 10, where you get this list of the nations and who their fathers are. Sidon is the firstborn son of Canaan, and that should ring bells. So Sidon is a Canaanite, uh, Canaanite um, descendant, or a uh, would be part of the peoples of that are that we have as the Canaanites, right? Um, they don't ever get listed off. You know, they're not called the Sidonianites or something like that. But they are genealogically connected with the Canaanites. And the importance of that is that um, then if you're trying to like get a sketch of the religious life, I think you can sort of generalize from Canaanite practice that same sort of stuff would have been going on up in Tyre and then further north, a little bit further north up in Sidon. Um, the whole the polytheism, the worship of the, na- the nature gods and all that, all the stuff that goes with that. Right. And so to make the point again, as we put it into context here in the book of Amos, once again, we have another nation, in this case, a city, that is not related to the people of Israel by blood. We started with Damascus, with the nation of Aram, who who are not related to the people of Israel by blood. We talked about the Philistines right before this, and now the people of Tyre. These are not yet related to the people of Israel by blood, but we're we're getting there in Amos's list. And, and so just to, again, to, to keep our, our 
Mine's also focused on that, that larger context of Amos. What is Amos doing here? He's, he's drawing a circle around the people of Israel, and he's starting to draw it a bit tighter around them because he's, he's moving towards, towards them. Uh, so we're not there at the middle yet, but we are moving that way. And so to see that, that Tyre yeah. is still one of these nations not related ethnically to Israel is, is just a, a good thing in terms of context. Pastor Apple, any, yeah. anything else on, on Tyre, the context in general, before we read the text and, and start looking at some of those details. Yeah. Well, I think we'll, we'll come back to this when we, we actually read the text. But um, what you just said makes me think the, um, so if you're, if you talk about the Philistines, Gaza, I think comes right before Tyre, right? Um, the Philistines have almost, I can't, I can't think of a positive interaction um, in like the book of Judges or First Samuel. The Philistines are always bad news for the Israelites, right? Um, but Tyre, you are getting a little bit closer, uh, maybe not geographically closer, but you're getting closer to like a positive relationship with Israel. And uh, that's because in the days of David and Solomon, there actually was a, a good connection between Tyre and Israel. Um, there was a covenant between the two of those nations. There was, um, it almost sounds like Hiram, um, you know, he, that he almost who knows, right, but but that he almost believes in the true God, right? Um, so Tyre, so yeah, Tyre supplies, and Hiram is the king that's mentioned um, for both David and Solomon. Um, Hiram supplies the the wood and also the, the craftsmen who build David's house, and then he also sends down the wood and the craftsmen and the skilled laborers who um, who bring the wood for um, God's house in Jerusalem. So he, he is a, a certainly, a, I, I would think, a, a loved figure in the history of Israel. Um, and so to hear Tyre, you have, you have both of these things in mind. You know, well, these people are a little bit closer to us, um, but we also know that they, they're, you know, they're a very proud people um, and they are a very wealthy people. But all, all I'm saying is there was a positive connection somewhere in the history of Israel and Tyre. Yeah, no, and that's that's a good point because it's you're going to start to see as as we go on in the book of Amos these closer connections. And to, so, so you're right. I mean, when I think of the the Philistines, there's I, I cannot think of a story in in the scriptures where the Philistines are are the good guys. Um, but but yeah. Tyre, you you do have that. And so yeah, this is this is part of Amos's rhetorical move in 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 this first two chapters of his book. He's he's getting closer to the people of Israel, also that he can ultimately, as we're going to see at the end of chapter 2, deliver one of these same judgments against them as well. And, and so it's, it's part of Amos's his craft, and, and so it's good to, even as we dig into the details concerning Tyre, to keep that larger picture of Amos in mind. So let, let's go ahead and read these two verses here on the air in Amos chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Tyre, and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because they delivered up a whole people to Edom, and did not remember the covenant of brotherhood. So I will send a fire upon the wall of Tyre, and it shall devour her strongholds. So there's there's the text that we have before us. Pastor Rebold, a lot of things, as, as we pointed out already in other episodes, a lot of things that are very similar here in, in terms of structure. Thus says the Lord, we get mm -hmm. that every time. This matter of three transgressions and four, I will not revoke the punishment. Even even the the particular sin that's mentioned here is very similar to what we read in the oracle against Gaza and the Philistines. This matter of delivering up a whole people to Edom. What's going on there, Pastor Apple? The um, yeah, the it's the exact same um, condemnation or the same sin that gets mentioned. You're right in the immediately previous um, prophecy against Gaza, the, the Philistines. And um, what's being referred to there is uh, just is in some way is just the, the practice of slave trading, right? Which, which every, I think every nation in the ancient world, I mean, slavery was not a, um, you know, an unknown thing. Right. Even in Israel, there were there were slaves and indentured servants. So it's it's not just that there was slavery going on, um, but that they that you get this mention of a whole nation was sold to Edom, and uh, so I, I think what's going on there is that you have a, a mass 
um, a mass selling of a country, right? Not just that there's a slave market in Tyre, which would be bad enough, I suppose, right? Um, but that you have this this entire group of people, this entire tribe or this entire nation that you're willing to sell into slavery. Um, just and, and for what? To make a profit, right? Um, that's the whole business here. You're going to sell this country and you're going to get back money or goods in some way in return. Right. And so so you see this, like you said, slavery enough is 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 plenty bad, but the fact that they take the whole people and sell them to Edom, this is this is showing absolutely no mercy whatsoever. This is this is taking it as as far as you can to the extreme, and so I don't know, Pastor Apple. One of the things that I don't think we talked about yesterday when it when it came to this matter of delivering a whole people, why why Edom? How is how does What's the connection between Edom? Are they very involved in the slave trade, and that's why they're the ones doing the buying in both cases? I don't know how much uh, Edom is like known as a place that wants slaves. Edom, of course, refers to uh, the descendants of Esau. So the Edomites are, um, you know, this really is the blood relation of the descendants of, um, of Jacob anyways, right? Um, so Edom is very close to um, Israel. So maybe maybe this is part of like you were trying to draw out for us before. The references are getting closer and closer to the boundaries and to the um, to the the tribes of Israel. Um, but I, I don't know exactly to answer your question if Edom was known as you know the place that always wants to buy slaves. Hmm. Sure. Okay. So so then and we've got. Oh, about four minutes here before the break, then as, as you dig into the text, the, the sin is, again, this delivering up the whole people to Edom. No, no remnant is left, not the women, not the children. You're, you're selling everyone into slavery. And, and then I think, so on this side, we can get started on this conversation and continue on the other side. This matter of they did not remember the covenant of brotherhood. And I think you were starting to refer to that earlier when it came to the matter of King Hiram, who's a, a former king of Tyre and his relationship with kings David and Solomon. Is that what the covenant of brotherhood is probably referring to? Yeah, I think so. There, there's, I, I suppose there's two possibilities, right? You could say this is just a general covenant of brotherhood, you know, kind of uh, sort of a, a, a big generalization. We're all brothers or, or something like that, which you still hear people talk this way today. Um, and, and I suppose that's true, right? Everyone is a descendant from Adam or from the, the line of Noah. Um, and so to sell your brother into slavery would be to a breach of the covenant of brotherhood. Think of like Cain and Abel, right? Am I my brother's keeper? Right? He thinks the answer is no, but <laughs> God is obviously holding them account. You cannot just slaughter your brother out in the field one day and say, well, you know, I, hadn't, I didn't know him anything. Um, but I think that that's too. I think that's too general. I think it's better to find here a specific. There must have been some specific covenant between um, Tyre and Israel, and you do find that when you look back in, um, as you mentioned, Hiram, the dealings of Hiram, the king of Tyre, with David, and then again with Solomon. Um, he calls Solomon my brother. This is in. First Kings nine, he refers to Solomon as my brother, um, which is a, a term. You know, they don't just use these terms lightly, right? The kings. This is, this is a signal, I think, to us that there was some kind of an official covenant between these two countries. And um, maybe I'll just pause there, and we can talk about the the various types of covenants, if you'd like. Yeah, go ahead. You got about two minutes before the break. Okay. Okay. So the, the, the covenant that I think many people are familiar with is something called a vassal covenant. You might not know that um, specific terminology, but this would be the kind of covenant between two nations where one is obviously the superior. So um, let's say you're, a, a, you're a, a leading a country with kind of a conquering army and uh, you conquer this other nation. Um, you, you might um, enact a covenant between your two countries where the superior, the stronger nation, um, is going to get uh, much more out of the deal than the inferior one, right? So you pay tribute and to the superior, and he's going to protect you, um, you know, if he feels like it, I suppose. That's a vassal 
treaty, a vassal covenant, and it's not a covenant of brotherhood. It's a covenant where it's clear um, this king is superior. The king of Tyre is superior to the king of, say, Israel. Okay, Um, But what seems to be going on between Tyre and Israel at the time of Solomon is much more um, a covenant of equals, um, a covenant of of brothers, like it's described here in Amos. So um, we don't know exactly what Solomon gave to Tyre or what kind of obligations he uh, fulfilled towards Tyre, but we do hear the um, the terms that that, uh, Hiram uses. He refers to Solomon as my brother. He sends goods down to Solomon, and it's not it's never described as if um, as if he you know, was under threat by Solomon, right? Solomon didn't even have to, David and Solomon didn't have to ask Hiram, hey, um, give, us, give us all the lumber that we need, or we're going to come up there and bring our troops. Hiram was glad to do it. You're listening to Sharper Iron here on Worldwide KFUO, looking at Amos chapter 1, verses 9 through 10. We need to take a short break, but we will be right back. Please stick around. Since 1978, Lutheran Church Extension Fund has had the humble privilege of supporting Lutheran Church Missouri Synod Ministries and her workers. Thanks to faithful investors, LCEF has provided thousands of church workers, congregations, schools, and organizations with the low-cost loans and resources they need to reach more people with the saving name of Christ. To learn more, visit lcef.org or call 800-843-5233, 800-843-5233. Welcome back to Sharper Iron on this Thursday, October 17th. We're looking at Amos 1, verses 9 and 10 with Pastor David Appold of St. Paul Lutheran Church in Paducah, Kentucky. Pastor Appold, prior to the break, we were looking at this term, covenant of brotherhood, and I, I want to respond to a couple of things. First, you you brought up, you know, there's two ways of looking at this covenant of brotherhood. One is perhaps a more generic way, this idea that that we are all brothers. And 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 while while I agree that probably we need to see this a little more specifically, I, I don't want to lose sight of that. And the reason I don't want to lose sight of that is because one of the things that we've seen here, and we, we brought this out in this, this episode too, that the Lord is speaking to foreign nations who are not related to the people of Israel ethnically at this point. And we, we've talked about it on previous episodes, that, well, what gives the Lord the right to do that? And the reason he's got the right to do that is because he's their creator, and because he's written their, his law on their hearts. And so I, I think this, this term, covenant of brotherhood, is, is a connection to that. And you took it back to Cain and Abel, and I think rightly so. Cain and Abel, they didn't have the law on the Ten Commandments, right, written on stone by, by Moses, but, but Cain still should have known that it was wrong, what he, what he did. He should have known that murder was wrong. And, and so this, this connection to the covenant of brotherhood, I, I, I wonder if, I'm just, I want to make a bit of a connection there, I think, that, that this is just another example of, it's true that Tyre would not have had the written law of the Lord there in front of them. But they should have known that this was wrong in the same way that Cain should have known that it was wrong for him to kill his own brother Abel. And so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, sure. don't, I don't think that's going too far. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think that that, is a, um, that might be something that comes up for people. You know, well, why, you know, okay, God has made Israel his own people, so he does have a right. I, I suppose people might talk this way. He does have a right to judge them. But, you know, what has he ever done for Tyre <laughs> or something like that, right? Well, he's the Lord of all things. He's the creator of all things. And that um, the, the connection between God as our creator and our judge, I think those two things go together. And um, so the loss of a sense of creation um, in our times, Tim, I think it's, it's kind of no wonder that people sort of balk against God is going to also be our judge. Right? And, and the more you recover the sense of God is the creator of all things, then, of course, he has the right to judge all things. He's God, after all, right? But he's right. also um, the one who created, and he has um, written his, his law in the heart of every man, um, no matter how much they deny it or how much they've lost the knowledge of God and suppressed that in unrighteousness, God is still holds every person 
whether you're the king of Tyre or, you know, you live in the sticks somewhere down in Africa, every person will be accountable um, to God. Right. And so, so the people, in that sense, then, the people of Tyre should have recognized that it was not okay to deliver up a whole people into slavery because of the covenant of brotherhood that, that is shared by all humanity being created in the image of God. And, and in that sense, they, they should have recognized that it was wrong even there. But, but I also think that you're, you're right, that, that we should see this more specific example, and, and probably is the primary thing, of this covenant that, that is made between King Hiram with, or of Tyre with King David and then Solomon, his son. And, and I want to go back to, to that point you made in 1 Kings chapter 9, where Hiram even calls Solomon my brother. That, that seems really significant to me, given what Amos says here, that Tyre did not remember the covenant of brotherhood. And, and the reason that seems significant mm-hmm. to me is, is going back to our study of the book of Exodus. In Exodus chapter 1, we're told that a pharaoh arose who did not remember Joseph and, and what he had done. And so, I mean, it seems to me we've, we've got a very similar thing going on here in the book of, of Amos, that just like that Pharaoh should have remembered what Joseph had done and treated the people of, of Israel with kindness, so the new king of Tyre, whoever it is at, at this point in, in Amos's day, should have remembered the relationship, the treaty between Hiram and Solomon, yeah. and, and respected sure. them for that. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And and you, do, you also have a mention, I didn't mention this before, but um, now I'm looking at my notes here, in Joel, um, Joel chapter 3, you get a mention of Tyre and Sidon selling um, the Jews of Jerusalem. It doesn't call them Jews at that time, but the men of Judah and Jerusalem selling them to the Greeks. And I don't know if that's—that doesn't sound like the, the sale, you know, giving up a whole people um, into slavery, but certainly that would be a breach of the covenant of brotherhood um, to take some of the, the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to sell them too in your ports, to sell them up to— uh, up to the Greeks. So so Tyre forgets this covenant of brotherhood. They deliver the whole people to Edom in, in slavery. And so the Lord then, again, we get more familiar terms here from the these oracles against the nations. You have the, the promise of fire being sent upon Tyre that's going to devour her stronghold. So, so this happens, right, Pastor Appled? Yes, it happens. Um, but not all at once, I suppose. Um, the the big, if you if you can recall, this is this is a part of what I love about the minor prophets. You get into some of the the history that we're not as well versed in, right? Um, so Exodus, a lot of people remember the story of Exodus and the Egyptians and the struggle for um, freedom from the Egyptians. And then you get into the time of the judges, right? And you know that Philistia is the main. Um, they kind of emerge as the main opponent for um, for the Israelites. But after that, um, the next big country that emerges is the Assyrians. And the Assyrians come down uh, from a little bit further north and kind of east. And as the Assyrians are, are coming down, eventually they're going to send Israel into captivity. Um, but they have bigger plans than just Israel. Um, Israel is really not a big country in terms of political importance, really, at any time in its history. I suppose Solomon was the time when they were the most, um, you know, that was the glory days of Israel. Um, But God's people are not always the most significant people in um, kind of the eyes of the world. So the Assyrians have a whole campaign, um, and they want to, as empires do, they want to spread their control over the entire known world, and that includes places like Tyre. And so we have records of the various kings of Assyria um, kind of waging war on Tyre, and then they get tribute from Tyre. I mean, that's the other goal of, of an empire, is to bring the wealth of the surrounding nations into um, the, the empire. So the Tyrians, or the, the people of Tyre, end up paying these huge amounts of tribute into Assyria, but they never wipe them out, right? So Assyria, I don't, I don't think the Assyrian attacks on Tyre are the fulfillment of what Amos is prophesying here. Um, it's really not until you get to uh, the days of Alexander the Great when you have, um, you know, this kind of destruction that's prophesied actually coming to pass. 
So, so what, I mean, what does Alexander the Great do? Because like you said, the Minor sure. Prophets give us a chance to move into some of this history that maybe we're, or, yeah. well, I probably learned it when I was in high school, but I've forgotten it. <laughs> so yeah. so what, yeah. what does Alexander the Great do? Well, Alexander the Great um, is kind of in, in just a worldly way. He's, he's an impressive figure, right? He mm-hmm. is spreading Greek culture everywhere, and he's just going around conquering everything. Um, so he... Uh, remember, I said Tyre is this coastal city. It's an island city. Alexander, um, <laughs> this is this is just great. The Greeks are are pretty awesome. The ancient Greeks, that is. Al- Alexander builds a causeway. He builds essentially uh, a land bridge out to Tyre, <laughs> just so he can attack it. Right. Um, so he builds his causeway out to Tyre. He connects the land to the island and then he he brings his siege works out against Tyre and he surrounds Tyre and he and he captures it and um, some of the records are pretty gruesome of what he does you know he's crucifying thousands of these guys he's he's massacring uh, the survivors of Tyre even you know as they're surrendering to him so that would I, I would say that that um, fits the bill here that Amos is describing much more than the Assyrians just taking tribute from Tyre did. Um, and, and just so you kind of get your chronology right, um, Amos, what, mid, mid-8th century B.C., 750 or so B.C., um, Alexander is, th- I think his, his war on Tyre or his battle on Tyre is like 322 B.C., so what, 400 years about after Amos prophesies here. Right. Yeah, about about 400 years probably, but the Lord still does what he what he promised would happen. And so so we see that happening under Alexander the Great about 400 years after Amos. But Tyre Tyre and Sidon both don't disappear from mention right. in the scriptures. And and so, you know, some some of the folks, some of our listeners may have heard Tyre and Sidon because those names do show up in some of the the readings from the gospels that we hear in our in our regular lectionary. So so what does Jesus have to say about Tyre in the New Testament and and how does he even interact with someone from Tyre in the New Testament? Yeah. Right. So um just think again of the importance of of the geography of Tyre. Um Alexander and the Greeks after him aren't just going to wipe it off the face of the earth. You know, we're not talking about Sodom and Gomorrah that get destroyed by fire from heaven. It's it continues to exist as a city. And as a, it continues to, to probably be a major player in terms of the, um, you know, shipments going through the, the ancient world there. And so at the time of Jesus, uh, you do have reference to Jesus being up in the region of Tyre and Sidon a couple times. I think the, the one that's most well known to me anyways is um, when he uh, interacts with this woman. This is in Matthew 15. Um, there's a, a woman who comes to him and she says, my daughter is demon-possessed. I think she has a demon, or maybe she's just sick, and she wants Jesus to, to heal her daughter. And this is where Jesus um, has this interaction that where he's pretty rough with her, right? He, um, uh, he says, I was sent only for the lost sheep of Israel. Um, it's not right to take the bread of the children and throw it to the dogs. And she, then she has this great reply of faith, uh, but even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table, and he and he heals her daughter there. Um, so that's that's an example of the interaction of Jesus up with people in the region of Tyre. I think that's a particularly good thing for us to to see here in the book of Amos, because as as we've already seen in these first few verses of chapter one, Amos is is a lot of law. I mean, it's practically all law that where where Amos preaches repentance. And judgment, and so to see going forward into the New Testament, someone from this very region, who, I mean, I think we probably should say this woman would have heard this sort of preaching there in Tyre or Sidon. Maybe, maybe it was from from Amos. There's obviously, as we we reference several other examples in the scripture scriptures where Tyre gets gets preached to judgment. Here's here's a woman who heard the word of the Lord, whether from Amos or, or some somewhere else, and believed, and, and for that reason clung to the one whom Amos preached, who, who is Jesus. And I, I think that's just a, a fantastic thing to see, lest we get 
lost without hope here in these first several chapters of Amos, where it is all the preaching sure. of repentance. The Lord is preaching yeah, for a purpose. Yeah, Go ahead, Pastor Apple. Salvation from salvation from judgment is an important part of the of the message that we preach, right? Um, Christianity is not just like, well, this is a this is a pretty good way to lead your life, but you know, there's alternatives that could also turn out all right. Um, there's wrath coming. There's ju- there's a judgment day, and this is the whole message of Amos, right? Um, the judgment is coming, um, but there's also salvation from that, right? So you take refuge in repentance and faith in Christ, and that is the way through the day the day of the Lord, um, so that it's not just the day of wrath for us, but it's also the day of our salvation drawing near. But repentance and faith is the key to that, right? That's how we pass through um, that judgment. Yeah, exactly. The, the Lord gives these things to us to, to bring us through His judgment. He gave it to that woman from, from Tyre and Sidon there in, in Matthew 15. And, and did, you, did you mention, Pastor Apple, or, or maybe, I don't think you did yet, where, where else does Jesus mention Tyre and Sidon more in the context of, of sure. judgment? Yeah, and definitely in the context of judgment, he says, um, woe to Chorazin, woe to Bethsaida, which were cities along the Sea of Galilee. Um, and so he's, he's, he's trying to draw out the point, look, just because I come from Galilee, you know, having just an earthly relation to Jesus, right? Well, hey, we grew up in the same town as him, or yeah, we knew him when he was a boy. Like that is not faith, right? That is not repentance and faith and trust in him as your Savior. And so he says, woe to Bethsaida and Chorazin, um, because if the works done in you had been done up in Tyre and Sidon, they all would have repented, but you haven't, right? That's the implied uh, message there. And so he uses Tyre and Sidon as these examples of cities that were, um, you know, cities that, that were destined for judgment or, or known as places of um, iniquity, places that were under God's wrath, um, to, to try to draw out the point to Bethsaida and Chorazin, these Galilean cities. Um, just because you're not in Tyre and Sidon doesn't mean that the same uh, judgment can't come here to this place. And even then, he, he kind of continues that same kind of talking um, and mentions Sodom. So Tyre, Sidon, Sodom, these are all cities that were known uh, to be places under God's judgment. Not so exactly I think, a good thing to be known for, right? <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. And so I think, I mean, what, what you see Jesus doing there, that's in, in Matthew chapter 11, what, what you see him doing there is very similar to what Amos is doing here in his first two chapters, where, where Amos is, is preaching to these nations around Israel, you know, as a way then to finally preach to Israel. And, and so yeah, if, if Tyre and Sidon should be listening to the Lord's word and repenting, how much more then should God's own people be listening? And, and I mean, the, the judgment, you know, just what we've talked about with Alexander the Great and what he does to the city of Tyre, that really gives some context to, to Jesus' words there, where he says, it's going to be better for them than it will be for you on, on the day of judgment. And, and I mean, that's, that's a warning that, you know, we still need to hear yeah. today as those who have heard the Lord's word. How much more ought we to repent and mourn over our sins and then place our, our trust in Christ? Yeah, there's no, there's no kind of magical safe place. Um, there's only repentance and faith. That is the, the safety, the sanctuary uh, from God's judgment. But um, it's so easy to, to slip in. And you can see this throughout the history of Israel and even in the history of the church, this sort of false sense of security that slips in, well, you know, my family's always gone to church, or, you know, I grew up in that church. Okay, but what about now? Right? Where, is the, where is the faith that once was part of your family's um, genealogy? Don't, don't take refuge in this sort of empty, this false comfort of saying, well, I went there once when I was a kid, or I used to um, frequent the church. Right? Um, that's not going to, that's not true. That's not true faith. And, and you're right, that's exactly what Amos is eventually going to get to. We're just talking about Tyre, but eventually he's going to turn that corner onto Israel and say, look, don't think that this stuff, this, uh, these things that are going to come on Tyre, don't think that um, somehow you're going to be magically safe from it. 
Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and I mean, there's there is no safe safe place other other than our Lord Jesus Christ, which is where he he ends up going there in in Matthew chapter eleven. The the part that we were referencing with Tyre and Sidon is maybe not as familiar, but as the text continues, you come to that text that is a bit more familiar to us in in verse twenty eight of that chapter. Come to me, Jesus says. All who yeah. labor and are heavy yeah. laden, and I will give you rest. There, there is safety from God's judgment in the one who's who's taken it all upon Himself, um, our, our Lord Jesus Christ. So, Pastor Apple, we got just over seven minutes left on the morning. As 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 we reflect upon Tyre, the the judgment that Amos speaks again it against it. What what should we be getting out of this? I think Tyre. Um... And this is true. This is true in Amos, just in these couple of verses, but it especially comes out uh, in those Ezekiel chapters that we talked about before. Um, Tyre is this, um, this, now I say great, but it's really awful, um, this great or awful example of how the, the love of wealth and pride, the love of, of ourselves, how it, um, how it manifests itself and how it can overtake a whole um, you know, I'm sure that there there may have been some who were faithful within Tyre, but the the big picture that you get here is of a country, of a whole city that is just obsessed with um, making money, right? Obsessed with wealth, obsessed with their own beauty, and and you see what is God's judgment? Is He impressed by these things? Uh, not at all. Yeah, no, no, not at all. So, I mean, help help us now start bringing this to us today. I mean, how, how is this, sure. how, how do we need to hear this today? Thinking about wealth, money, all those sorts of things. Yeah. I think that these um, certainly we want to affirm that it's, it's not that um, it's not that money is the root of all evil, right? Um, when Paul writes that, he says, it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. And, and so this is, I suppose we could generalize this into the way that all of our idols kind of arise, we take something that's good from God um, and we elevate it to a position where that's the thing that we love the most. That's the thing that we trust the most or, or we fear, you know, not having that the most. Um, And entire, um, especially in Ezekiel 28, this comes out um, just the pride that Tyre had developed, the love of their own beauty and the, the trust in themselves, uh, a life that's wholly um, governed and directed by wealth, by my own beauty, by my own status, by my own honor. Um, and, and sadly, people can um, fall into this, Tyre fell into this, and kind of succeeded at it. Right? That's, that's maybe the scariest thing of it all is that um, – they actually were very wealthy, right? They were an incredibly important city, economically speaking. But for all of that great success, there was um, this hollowness to it all. And I think that that's, to to me, as I did some of the the work here preparing, um, that's what stood out to me the most, is just the um, how easy it is and, and how deceptive wealth is and success is, because it when you have it, it seems like you can do whatever you want. Right? Look how important we are. We, money makes the world go round. And hey, why not trust in it? It's, it can get you out of some tight spots, but mm. it, it's not going to last uh, in the end. Right. I mean, and, and look, look at what the love of money led the people of Tyre into in, in, here in Amos 1. They delivered up a whole people to Edom and didn't remember the covenant of brotherhood, which Maybe yeah. sounds unimaginable to us that 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 could happen that someone would be so merciless and yet that love of money led them into it and, and perhaps that's a, a good bridge then in, into our lives especially thinking about again what is Amos trying to do he's not all he is preaching to the people of Tyre and and bringing repentance for them but he's also preaching working towards preaching repentance to Israel lest because at this point Israel's probably sitting there clapping at what Amos is preaching. Yeah, get them Amos, right? But that's not where he's going with this. He's going to show Israel that these same sins are theirs as well and they too need the repentance. And and I I think, you know, as as modern hearers of this text, we need the same thing. 
lest we think, oh, we would never do that. We, we would never fall into that kind of sin. Well, sure. maybe we would. The, the same evil lies within us. Pastor Apple, we got three minutes left on the morning to comment back on that, summarize, and, and especially help us to, to see Christ in the book of Amos. Well, I think that I, I'd be curious to, if we could, t- wouldn't it be great to be able to time travel and to like go, we compared Tyre with Manhattan earlier. I wonder if you went to Manhattan now and then you, you jumped in your time machine and you went back to the Tyre of Amos's day or of Ezekiel's time. I wonder how the two compare. And, and my guess is that the wealth of a place like Manhattan is at least equal to the, the prosperity of the city of Tyre. And so uh, my point in saying this, Tim, is that, that that same accumulation of wealth, it's not like that's not with us today. That's, I say this as someone who I'm sitting here in my office and I've got books and books and books and books, right? And uh, right. the same kind of economic prosperity, and, and that can become the sole focus of life so easily, right? So that, you know, okay, so what? I sold all this whole nation into slavery. I made a lot of money in doing it, right? That's kind of the national level of this. But when you try to bring it to the personal application here, well, are we really so different from um, certainly we're not selling whole nations of people, but we, we certainly um, cut the corners of God's law just so that we can you know, get a good deal on something, right? I mean, that's not foreign to us by any means. So how does this point to Christ? I think it's, uh, it's in a roundabout way. Um, you have to keep going in the book of Amos to get to Christ. Here, I think the main point is repentance, to turn away from that kind of empty and hollow and, um, and aimless pursuit and to find, uh, to find our pleasures and our treasures in Christ and in things that endure, that will pass through the fires uh, and will not be destroyed. Pastor David Appled is the pastor at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Paducah, Kentucky, helping us this morning with Amos chapter 1, verses 9 through 10. Pastor Appled, thank you so much for your time today. Yes, thank you. It can happen in Tyre, it can happen in Manhattan, it can happen in Paducah, it could happen in, in Smithville. The love of money and wealth can overtake us to abuse what God has given. The only refuge is repentance and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who has come, taken the judgment of God upon himself, and now in him, by faith, we are safe. It is a joy to be in that refuge with you as we listen to Christ's word here on Sharper Iron. I'm your host, Pastor Timothy Apple of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas. Thanks for spending the morning with us. Talk to you again tomorrow.